My name is Yuri. Uh, I spent the first 30 years of my life across the park on Avenue A. Uh, I'm a piano player by trade, made a bunch of rap songs, wound up working at a shitty label, and uh, eventually quit to fuck around with NFTs. Uh, my hope about them was that they would create a wider funnel for more people to have opportunities to make a living off of their work. And obviously that didn't fucking happen. Um, and so that's our first slide. Stupid games, stupid prizes, uh, which is sort of a reference to the NFT bull cycle of maybe 2021 to arguably late 2022, maybe even up to now. And uh, basically, you know, we saw a lot of really tacky shit uh, generate a lot of attention and a lot of media coverage and a lot of revenue. And a lot of people rightfully tuned out of that and stopped paying attention. Um, but I got really curious about what conditions led to that outcome. And I got really curious about ways we could potentially create conditions to have less depressing outcomes from the medium. So I work for a company called Zora. Um, Zora is a tool for creators to bring work on chain. Um, and basically the whole outfit is concerned with this question from the product team to the marketing team or right down to what I do there, which is partnerships. And uh, my trajectory into this after quitting Universal where I was working was working with uh, Pussy Riot and Nadia to help them start an NFT collection, working with uh, Eric Hugh to do his Monarch collection, uh, worked with an organization called FWB for a while, which is where I was introduced to Lucian and SeedsDAO. Um, and yeah, that was the last two years of my life, basically. And in that time, um, we got to see a lot of different models for monetizing work. Uh, probably the most notorious is the 10K PFP collection, which is 10,000 pictures of animals in different stupid party hats. Uh, those were kind of the headline of what was going on, but... I like to think that coming into contact with organizations like SeedDAO, like FWB, that I was part of a network of people working below that top line to try and create uh, systems to establish a more equitable and sustainable art ecosystem. This is an example of an NFT on Zora. This was actually minted by someone from the SCP WhatsApp group. It's called Swinzorb. Uh, Zorb is the stupid sphere in the upper right hand logo. That is Zora's logo. Uh, so people riff on that sometimes. Swim Zorb, minted by an STP member. It was four different really cool sketches. Here's an example of one. 90 people minted this. Uh, about $50 was earned by the creator and it was deployed without any upfront costs to the artist behind this work. We started uh, a program to reward creators uh, in August. And basically we share the protocol fees on the Zora platform with anyone bringing in work in that time. Uh, about 300, 350 now ETH has been earned by creators dropping work on the Zora platform. Out of these, the most interesting activations by far are groups of people. And we've seen really cool stuff coming out of Latin America specifically in this regard. 
Uh, we got Hive Mind, which is an artist organization um, out of Argentina. And we have Neutro, a uh, reference in this slide. But these are just groups of kids in these respective countries in a climate where I think there's a little more acceptance of uh, crypto just because like the native currencies of Argentina are so unstable to begin with that the kind of volatility built into these systems are like less inherently upsetting. But uh, small groups, like 10 to 15 people, uh, dropping work on Zora and, you know, the numbers for what collectives can accomplish working in this medium are a lot more interesting than what, like, any one individual could potentially do on the platform. In the bottom right, we just have, like, a screenshot of our website of different organizations that have done drops on Zora that we showcase. We got nouns in there. Jenno has gotten some love from STP. Uh, no agency, hive mind, colors is like a pretty rad YouTube series of people singing their songs in front of a colored stage. And basically, we haven't seen any communities like SCP utilize these tools. Um, some of the best examples we have are our nouns, and they just have an extremely ugly logo. Uh, it's these glasses that you see on the left. And I am extremely curious about what some of these uh, tools and platforms can do in the hand of an actual artistic community uh, like the one y'all have created. And so that's like the basic little run through of my slide. I think I'll give a little detail about Zora specifically and then just kind of like open it up for a conversation if that works for y'all. Um, but yeah, Zora is an NFT platform. Um, it's is a tool for anyone to show up without a wallet, put their work on chain, uh, and have it be collected by the audience of eBlue Freak with the platform. We're currently the largest NFT platform by daily active users, and uh, we've deployed our own blockchain and L2 on Ethereum to bring minting costs down to cents, so it is not a high barrier entry for participating. And um, we prioritize work with actual artistic content and that's why we are here with y'all uh, trying to tell you about Zora. And um, yeah, I'm here for all your grievances uh, about Web3 and NFTs. So let's let's do that. Awesome. I think maybe something would be cool to like demystify is maybe like the minting process. Tell you on to maybe like lost them through. Yeah, man, I would love that. Like, let me connect y'all with that. Oh, you might need the wide uh, Yep, I'm just connecting to my phone. Oh, and while he's doing that, does anyone ask any questions so far? Anything Web3 related? Don't be shy. Has Dora Woods in any nonprofit partnerships in the past? It's a great question. Um, nonprofit specifically, like, yes. Or fun nonprofit blueberries or anything. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so cool. Like this, John, right now on the Zora homepage is for an organization that we incubated called Gemma. It's an artist collective founded by Lindsay Howard and a few other people uh, related to Rhizome and the New Museum. They just dropped their own platform, which is Gemma Projects. And basically what they did is they put Zora Tech under the hood of their own front end that they wanted to represent 
the work of their community. And so this is something that obviously we've talked about with what you're doing with Studio. Having the opportunity to put work on chain in that environment is extremely exciting. Um, but yeah, Zora built this with Gemma. There's some pretty sick artists involved. They were kind enough to let me put some of my hokey work up here as well. And uh, yeah, we have worked with a lot of arts organizations help create platforms where people can utilize our tech away from sort of our brand, brand identity and like have their own thing uh -huh. um, to bring work on chain. Are you familiar with Getting Blocked? Yeah, I am familiar with Getting Blocked. So how, if at all, like would you consider what, what Zora does or what Zora could do with something like Giving Block? I'm not deep on Giving Block, but my understanding is that they're like mainly about nonprofit fundraising where we're like a little more media forward. Okay. Like we're very invested with using media on chain as a method for fundraising. So like rather than, um, I, I think the, the subtext there is that like our mission involves valuing media and art on the internet, whereas, full stop. They are, they are like connecting people who want to um, get tax breaks and be generous and support causes okay. with organizations that are capable of executing on that front. I guess just a little context for you and the group. My personal background for the last decade is is in the nonprofit space. I worked for a number of organizations, both local and international, most recently consulting on my own, but during the big um, crypto wimpy bubble, if you will, I was at a global development organization called Pencils of Promise, um, who built schools in Ghana, Guatemala, and Laos. And we were, at the time, having like single conversations that would lead to $50,000, $100,000 donations off one conversation and like build a school off like a single NFT, which was completely mind-blowing um, to see that happen for like nine months in a row. Um, and then kind of like all the air came out of the balloon there around the end of 2021. Um, so yeah, just that's a little background context to the specificity of those questions. But I definitely have seen the power, the, the nonprofit power of, of Web3 and full force. So yeah, thank you for, for bringing this to the table. Super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, one thing I would just call out about that period, like as much money as was kind of flying around, um, it wasn't really associated with any kind of evaluation of the media, right? Like tied to it. And so, you know, in my mind, that's a huge missed opportunity. Uh, when you have that amount of capital sort of concentrating, uh, uh, really the work is to advocate for art to be evaluated on its own terms. And unfortunately, like just historically, like where that movement came from, um, there wasn't a lot of that. And there wasn't even a lot of bridge building with artistic communities of merit in that time. Mm -hmm. And so like, while I think the stuff I did with Pussy Riot during that time was incredible and pushed a lot of money to like feminist networks in Russia that needed it. Um, the actual like token art of what we were deploying was like not great, you know? And like, I think anybody who's looked at this stuff and been honest with themselves and didn't have dollar signs in their eyes, like notice that just the quality of media associated with this stuff is sorely lacking. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate that. 
And um, here's just like a really quick walkthrough. I'm not sure how much you can see here, but this is the flow for uploading on Zora. Pretty easy stuff here. I showed up to this with an Ethereum wallet as an in-app browser extension. That is on November 15th, no longer a requirement for using Zora's platform. You can show up with an email address and we'll spin up a wallet under the hood for you that is tied with a passkey to that email address. So that means you can have like no exposure to this tech in the middle of November and show up and bring work on chain and earn from that if that is the desired outcome. Here's a picture of an Apple. We support a variety of networks, including Ethereum mainnet. Um, mostly everybody mints Anzora. Uh, we have some incentives and in how we share rewards that lead to that outcome. Create a new collection, STP Apple. Description, this is the Apple. And then for a thumbnail, we're gonna rock with the same Apple because it's quality. Fire. And then another thing worth noting is that like our protocol sharing is mainly for NFTs that are put up at a sale price of zero ETH. And the kind of uh, ethos behind this is we want um, collecting to be easy. We want the barrier for people who are interested in your work to hold it in their wallet to be close to zero. So we are basically our incentive structure is geared around people putting up work for zero ETH. Um, we share about 50 to 75 cents, depending on the price of Ethereum that day, of the $1.50 we take from users who are acting as buyers in this context every time they mint something. So the kind of like trajectory of a mint is like a few hundred people mint it, you're pulling in 50 cents to a dollar on that, and over time, like these compound, it can be interesting. So can you explain that? Like if, if the price is zero, and 50 people, man, where do the fees that artists come from? Yep. So the gas fee is super low. There are transaction costs basically built into every layer of this. And like in the bull run times, transaction costs for doing anything on Ethereum could range from 10 to 100 to $500. So that kind of Mendes tech, not only inaccessible, but like very unstable in terms of like documenting an art practice or even wanting to show up and participate in any way. So we have a transaction layer that makes every mint or every deployment of a contract like a, maybe 50 cents to a dollar. And when people show up and see that work and they wanna collect it, um, they must have a wallet to do so. But we charge them like a transaction cost of like 15 cents. And then we charge them about a dollar 50 uh, every time anyone mints anything at any price point on Zora. And so half of that goes to creators who put work up for zero ETH. But if you wanted to put this for sale out of yeah. like transaction fee. Yeah. So we're sharing the transaction comment. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you wanted to put this Apple up for a million dollars because mad people were minting apples and it was just that time of the cycle, you could do that. Um, I wouldn't suggest it, but it, the capability is there. Uh, the other thing that like we see actually supporting work and not just leading to casino type dynamics is leaving work available for large chunks of time. Um, you know, the kind of like crazy cycle was characterized by like limited windows to pick up, um, you know, your, your picture of a monkey and like having work just live on chain for 30 days or even indefinitely um, is a pretty cool way to make it accessible and, and grow your audience as much as possible. Name. STP. 
Amazing. So this is a MetaMask extension, and this is basically required right now to participate in any part of this ecosystem. You can download it and put it as an extension in Chrome. Doesn't work in Safari, but basically this is a unique identity tied to you on the blockchain. This is the thing that has a seed phrase associated with it, which is like 12 words you're really not supposed to tell anyone ever. And this is uh, a representation of like you in this environment. So you said that you won't need that soon on door. Right? Correct. Uh, on November 15th, we're going to be phasing this out. And this is going to be an email login in lieu of Wallet Connect. Um, so if the MetaMask extension isn't going to be there, how can users, especially if they don't even know what that is, access like their wallet and their assets? I worked for like a startup that did eventually through Dapper Labs, but at first there was really no way for people to access them. Yeah, totally. And this is like a, a, a repeating problem you see, right? Of like closed systems that try to obfuscate the text like ultimately wind up not being stable over the long haul. And so the thing that has happened recently that makes this more doable is that like pass keys have been adopted as a standard across like many, many platforms. And so the pass keys allow for like this level of security to be tied to your specific uh, browser with a cryptographic key. So that's half of the answer. The other half is you have access to your seed phrase of your wallet so that if you wanted to access it on a MetaMask, if like that, if your preference was to use this, you absolutely could transfer that entire account into any of the peripherals associated with the system. So like, let's say you're doing this, you write, you access your passkey, you log into the email you have it written down. Next day, Zora goes out of business. You're like, wow, great. I just put all my art up there and now no, I have no access to it. Uh, you can load that passkey into a MetaMask and access all of the work on the blockchain directly through the tune tracks that are deployed. And like one of the cool things about this system that is really easy to get lost in, but is just the sort of like level of autonomy some of the rules governing the system have versus like an Instagram or like a YouTube, which is a closed opaque system. We don't get a lot of visibility into their algorithm. We don't have a lot of understanding about how they sell our data. There's definitely monetization happening there. None of the actual users are being cut in on it uh, in meaningful ways. I guess there is some good revenue sharing on YouTube. This is a system that's designed to be durable past any one platform built on top of it. And it's a system that's designed to give users autonomy over the media they bring into this system. Hell yeah. And Dapper is, yeah, that's a, that's a good team. But not if... A bunch of people who didn't know what NFTs was were buying digital wearables and now all the money is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a rough one. <laughs> like Roblox and uh, like all those environments were going to be the thing and everybody had to have Gucci loafers in them and then like, and then the bottom fell out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'm signing in in my MetaMask and I've just deployed uh, my SCP Apple. You'll notice that there was like no charge to approve there. That was just me um, clicking that, you know, I authenticate that that identity is me. I have the ability to share this directly to Twitter right now. Man, this Apple, Apples will be valuable one day. I'm gonna post it and boom, we got my Apple on Twitter. 
And so, yeah, anyone can pull up who has a wallet, see this, collect the work, and support. Um, now, did you set a quantity for those, or are they... So you've actually minted the apples, or is it the, the buyer mints when they... It's minted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is up, and I, like, through the back end of Zora, can control, like, all those variables, right? So if I, like, want to tinker with my sale time, with my price point, um, that's all adjustable. If I want to, like, send everyone in this room this apple, um, I can go here and just start entering uh, different... Okay, so what's critical here is the first apple hasn't been minted. That's an action that, like, has to happen before all of this hits on chain. That's how we kind of do gasless minting. Um, so that's like worth calling out. You can also pay the nominal fee and have it deployed immediately. But if you like wanted to change the picture of the Apple, you could do that. If you want to change the name, change the description. It's all pretty doable through this backend. We could also link out to the mint page. Now I'm trying to customize the mint page because this looks kind of, oh, all right, I have to mint this first Apple in order to get this cracking. Oop, and I gotta bridge my ETH to do so. Sick. But yeah, I actually don't have any ETH on this work computer. I'm poor as shit. But uh, this can be shared, access, minted, and let me pull you back to the front page of Zora that has cuter stuff um, that I have on there. So this front page is something we've been building out over the last couple of months. And we are able to like sort of make these breakout sections for our collectives of artists that are doing sick work that we want to represent. It would be truly a joy to have an excuse to feature the work from people from STP on this front page. Um, and so this is like... This is an incredible photographer in Brazil who's been doing a series. This is someone who still thinks Dogecoin is a scene. God bless them. Um, these are my friends at the park. They're a little uh, music outfit in LA. And this is the homie Jane who is actually like sending rugs to everybody who mints one of his real rugs. This is one of my favorite projects. Um, so you can see Jane customized this mint page. It's super cute. I want the black Nokia cell phone rug i will not get it i got a really lame one you can see mine yeah i got green blocks thanks a lot jam um yeah cool so this is kind of the environment where the work is being displayed this is obviously like a customizement page and you can check out like what jawa is doing i obviously stole this for the slideshow because uh, i suck at making slides there's a project that i saw that is by I think the girl who was the community leader at Foundation, it's like a magic eight ball. Best Gemma. So Lindsay Howard ran Foundation after Kickstarter, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that Gemma has done in addition to uh, building this platform is they've just made, they've kind of like taken the dynamics of NFT collections, which are these sets that share attributes but have unique qualities, and flip the magic eight ball image. They've actually been working with a variety of post-internet artists to come up with these phrases. So you can see that like Occulted did the top layer, Anne Hirsch, who had a really incredible project called Scandalicious and actually like made it onto The Bachelor as that character. 
picked out these words. Uh, moving down, we have Addie Wagonect, whose work I'm a little less familiar. And here we have Petra Courtright, um, who's done a lot of stuff with Gemma and has a lot of work documented in this environment. Um, yeah, so this is kind of a, a collective that has come together and, you know, use this format to kind of like proliferate these messages. And if we're looking in the bottom left here, like two, 2.5 um, thousand of these have been minted all taken together. And these are free mints. Anyone have any questions? Yes. Uh, one of my, my roommate has looked into the NFTs and you mentioned the the cool concept of the rugs, which you could mint one of those and then actually get uh, a real rug and he was really into 3D modeling and printing. And he has, he said the same thing about it's uh, a lot of the digital art of NFTs are lame. Yeah. Currently or have been. And so how you create something that's uh, digitally rate and then can also by someone minting that they can get a physical attribute. Is Zora um, right now mainly just focused on the, focusing on the digital, the media, or are you guys looking to push at some point that, uh, you know, collaboration between the physical? And totally. So the digital, like physical brigade pipeline, there are a lot of um, mechanics out there for it. Um, it could be anything from like a Shopify plugin to a custom environment. I think Jam is using a Shopify plugin for the real run. So like once you have that, you can then go to a different place and be like, this is my shipping address. I need this first class, da 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 da. Um, we are really focused on just presenting media on the internet on chain. Um, and so like there are a lot of efforts around that and there are a lot of collaborators there. But I think like that's the core of this that we see being durable over a long horizon. And then the different like sort of mechanics that arise around that that people have interest in, I think, you know, those will move up and down over time. Yeah. Question. What's the stack you used to build this? The stack used to build this site? Yeah, the full stack. Man, I mean, I know we're using mainly React, and I know uh, we are, we have an L2 based on Optimism Bedrock uh, that's on Ethereum. I don't know if there's deeper technical questions, but I'm already LARPing that I understand the word. <laughs> yeah, that was back then. Uh, what, that was, what do you use for your backend? Not sure. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you how we like curate this website. It's uh, basically like CMS um, pulling information from the blockchain. But the like real core of the tech stack is the contracts. Gotcha. Like those are the people on this team who are actually geniuses. And so, what they've done is build factory contracts that anyone can interact with that deploy autonomous contracts that the wallet deploying them is the sole admin of. So that is to say we could not take your picture dive from the blockchain if we tried. IPFS is doing the image hosting. So there's no centralized data here. There's no AWS. There's no dependencies in that capacity. And uh, Ethereum is validating the layer two. And you can access all of this stuff through Etherscan or through a block explorer for Zora Chain if you want to. So once it's up on the cloud, it's there. It's not a cloud, actually. That's like what is most exciting about it is that the data storage systems are like decentralized fundamentally. Yeah. That's my question. Hell yeah. Um, 
But like, I know a lot of galleries that are curating like works that are NFTs. The go-to right now feels like like Foundation Worlds is really big there, and like having artists like mint into a curated collection. And I know there's a lot of collectives doing interesting stuff, um, but I imagine the Gemma stuff is like minting is coming straight from Gemma. Like, no, they're I mean they're working with a vast network. It's so Lindsay actually who started Gemma used to work at Foundation. Super Chief and Ed are probably like the most credible like gallery on Foundation now. And we do a lot of stuff with them as well. Um, Foundation is like really geared towards a one of one model. And they're really geared towards one eccentric millionaire wanting to buy your JPEG for a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. The kind of way we've set this up is for a broad base of people to be able to participate um, at an extremely low price point. So I have a lot of love for that platform. I've minted on it a lot, but it's sort of just a different approach. Um, and yeah, I mean, like a lot of the people who work on Foundation help build Gemma. Um, Gemma's working a lot with BitForms as a gallery. Uh, Blade City, um, you know, there are a few um, that are, are interested specifically in like this kind of digital art. Mm-hmm. But there's a, is there a specific like different flow for like having artists submit within like a collection that you're curating on Zora or? Um, so Foundation World is a, it's a specific product for grouping uh, work together and like taking a fee on that basis. Um, we're just kind of erring on the side of autonomy a lot more. Um, you control your contract, you can put a ton of work on it. Uh, you can collaborate and add someone else to that contract and they can put work on it. But as far as like really leaning into curation as a discovery mechanism, we honestly just find that like communities execute that better on their own through their own networks than by like hard baking that into the contracts. I feel like there's been a very specific type of art that's gotten released on the Web3, right? Like the digital art, the computer art, the stuff that feels like it could only be generated through computer. I'm curious, like um, when you show me the the photographs that Imagine right there, I'm curious how like artworks like a painting or like a photograph or something along those lines does on a platform like this. Like is there as much validity in something that's like more handmade rather than like made i would say absolutely and like there are some really sick examples of people like scanning or photographing in um work that exists or this might be a 3d rendering actually i might have gone too fast it's a body scan sick um so yeah we were having like a four and four timeout on this specific collection all week um but yeah there's a lot of really really dope um, physical work being brought into this environment. So there isn't like a best practice sure. on like how to do that right now. And so people are kind of all over the map with it. Um, you know, and that can be like as gimmicky as like, I burned the art after I took the picture. Now it only exists in the digital picture. Or it could be as like thoughtful as like, yeah, like I am, I have an archive of photographs, right? We want to just bring that on chain. Um, I'm curious how that would work on the back end. Like if, say, a painting were to get picked up by a gallery who owns the rights or collector, for example, how would that work? Could you also reproduce it into Zora? Or would it kind of be, how does that That's a great question. And the one of the better parts of this system is we make no claim to the rights of the work brought into it. 
And it's very rare that I think a collector would have like reproductive rights sure. on the on the work they're collecting. Of course it happens, but that's like more of a commercial context. Sure. And so like um the idea that like someone could could own something and then be entitled to reproduce it as an NFT, I think is just like kind of a fallacy. Like, there's no meaningful right transfer um on like collecting this, for instance. Sure. I have a double again. Um I guess the first thing is and to Noah's point, like taking the physical work and bringing it in seems very sometimes like uh, redundant, right? Or and and then like there's obviously the exact opposite of the world where it's just like digitally native artworks. I guess um, my question would be like, have you seen things, um, or what examples are there of maybe works that like transcend both of those things and like are things that can only really exist on blockchain or as Web three? Um, and to the second part of my question, like, is that something more like a DAO? And could you give like some background, maybe to nouns, you know, as a project yeah. that I think, you know, um, touches on like community and also like has real our IRL incentives as far as like the things that it does and the culture that it creates um, in person. And yeah, it is because someone mentioned like um, the or the dynamics or behaviors on foundation are, are geared towards like getting one mega collected of my work, which I think mirrors a lot of what happens in the, the art world that we know. And I just also like, yeah, I think Zora can handle video 3D files. So like we, PDFs, you know, like thinking outside of just like art, launching, mm-hmm. um, understanding more of like what someone, like what the buyer is on, on, on Zora and like, what is the incentive yeah. for them to collect artworks from artists and and what? I think understanding that behavior would maybe help some of the people in this room think about like, okay, this is why would yeah, absolutely. So like, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out of Brazil with just photography of hairstyles right now, and so like people documenting that work that would otherwise be ephemeral, I think is like a key behavior that this enables. Um, but I think to your point, right, like GLB files. PDF mints, uh, HTML files. Like we're seeing really interesting behavior of what can be tokenized beyond like just a JPEG. Um, so like to that end, I want to see if I can find a cool example of like an HTML mint because um, those go hard. But all right, this is my, so like this is my collector page on Zora. And this is like rolling through some of this stuff that like I have collected that I'm interested in. And honestly, like the impulse for me as someone who collects is wanting to have a record of what I experienced on the internet. Like one thing that really freaked me out is that some of those Virgil like PDFs and websites are like susceptible to going down one day because of domain hosting fees. And like the way this media is stored on IPFS, like it is pretty damn durable past this platform, past anyone um, who's responsible for paying a hosting fee on here. So. I think um, the sort of idea of permanence, the kind of idea of sovereignty, like that, you know, a platform could go down and the work would still exist on chain in a meaningful way that people could interact with is really appealing to me. Um, As far as like DAOs as, as a concept, I think it's like one of those words that got used to the point of like losing some of its meaning. Um, but I think the original intention of a DAO was a group of people 
who are interacting with this tech, who are organizing themselves on chain fundamentally. And Nouns is the coolest example of this that we have to date. Um, they invented essentially a system for a daily auction for an NFT that anyone can participate in. And, and um, yeah, yeah, of course. Nouns dot WTF. This is a this is a project that Zora, right? So Zora is heavily involved in little nouns, and we worked with nouns to start Nouns Builder, which is a an, a tool that anyone can use to fork the contract that underlies this this system, right? So nouns, uh, they got the treasury cracking up there, and you can see now the current bid on noun eight hundred and ninety eight is where it is. It is a daily auction. If I had it like that, I could come in here and say, boom, I want to bid 21 ETH uh, for this noun, but I do not have it like that. And um, basically what this noun entitles you to is proportional governance rights over the treasury. And how much is the treasury now? Like, what's that trend? 5,219 ETH with ETH at 1,800 is going to put you in the 900K range um, right now for the noun's treasury. No, 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 that's not right at all. Sorry. Um, let's just go look at the actual treasury on either scan. Nine million range. I dropped to zero. Um, but yeah, this is the approximate value of the nouns treasury at this exact moment. And so what you get by participating in nouns is you get the opportunity to govern this treasury on chain. And like the way that you can be moving this kind of this amount of money and not just have it disappear like easily is because this is a very stable decentralized transparent system that anyone can access but nobody has control over so there's no like person who's like cool this is fun y'all put 900 dollars in a wallet i'm gonna take it and leave fuck everybody like this is a way for pooling funds that is remarkably stable um and what nouns essentially did is they created a governance layer that lies over the nouns contract where anyone with the nounish token can put up a proposal, say, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and that community will vote on it. Unfortunately, yeah. Pull, pull one of those. I know I just yeah. want people to see because I think it's a great system and it shows Hell yeah. a bit of like voting and like what a proposal looks like. Yep. Let me pull. I think if we go up at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Proposals. So these guys love building skate parks for some reason. I don't know what that's about, but they just like, and they love these fucking glasses. Like, what? Like most of my conversations with the noun style is like, you know, you could get some real artists to participate if you stop making, put the fucking glasses on everything. Um, but they really, they really care about these. Um, and these are proposals that people right now can log in with their wallet in noun style and vote on. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the artist Mark Horowitz. But he's like the only cat with real artistic merit who's like engaged in this system. And he literally like went to Nouns and was like, give me $50,000 to make a bunch of weird fucking videos. I will put the glasses on multiple characters in those videos. And they were like, hell yeah, here's the money. Mark, go make the videos. And it's called Worst Case Decision. And it's really weird. Um, but it exists. And he minted it on Zora because he's the homie. And I don't know if you want to watch the trailer for that, but this is probably the coolest thing that Nouns has ever like funded in any capacity in my and opinion. And this was done like through a proposal. 
through proposal. Yeah. And that's because he has a noun. He doesn't. Okay. He has no nouns. He like literally hit nouns up on Twitter and was like, I think you're doing this wrong. I make very weird videos and I will put the glasses on the frog in the video. And yeah, they did that. So Mark also happens to be a very good painter, which is how it gets away with this shit. <laughs> but uh yeah now it's, i mean this started as a prop and like here you have like um slightly more ad agency world people proposing to make a movie for nouns um you have uh hey let's do a christmas party with a charitable angle for five thousand kids um let's found fund this weird media thing but nouns has executed and funded uh yeah 400 weird ideas and uh it's been extremely successful and it's been really good at pulling capital and using it collaboratively to do basically incredibly weird stuff. Uh, we love the tech that underwrites the noun system because it has enabled all this weird stuff. Um, so we built a tool that allows any group of people to essentially fork uh, that particular contract. And that is called nouns build. And when we built this, we went to Nouns and we were like, yo, we built this crazy thing. Give us a thousand ETH to distribute to this, or no, a hundred ETH to distribute to this community. And they did. And that started the Nouns Builder Treasury. Uh, but if you explore here, you'll see a lot of weird DAOs. These are all built with the, oh, I'm just on Zora Network, my bad. So this is Builder DAO. This is like the DAO that governs this whole system. This is like a nouns fork that is just about houses. Uh, God bless. Um, this is an organization called Refraction. They're a pretty incredible DAO. And they're starting a creative grant program through nouns to help fund creative grants. These are the guys who did the Polaroid on the cover of Zora, the park. You'll see the, the pixel stuff is really, really catching on out here. Um, this is Refraction's AB Club. This is actually an East, like a video game team. I didn't know that was a thing, but they're doing hella well. Um, so basically people have used this tool to deploy forks of nouns that specialize in particular things. Portion Club is one of the cooler ones. They're in the Bay and they're just like based out of this recording studio called Different Fur. Um, they do really good stuff. Uh, Entropy is another interesting one. They're like a series of Twitter accounts um, that have used this system. But yeah, this is... Um, a tool that I think for collective fundraising and on-chain governance and deployment of funds, this is the most exciting thing that I'm aware of. Is it fundraising specific or is like, do you foresee something like this turning into like an ROI situation for people that own us? It's a huge active debate in the nouns community right now. Okay. And there's like a huge fight going on between nouns holders who want the ability to leave with a share of the treasury because they are concerned about the future of the world or they just need liquidity, which like, God bless, I get it. And people who are like, no, we're dedicated to being a treasury and we're only gonna spend our money on skate parks. Yeah. 
And so like those two factions are like having it out in the governance forum right now on like issue with having a doubt, right? Is that Yeah, it's it's called rage quitting, which is like I'm taking my shit and going. Yeah. And it's a good function to build into a doubt, basically to give people it out. The way it sounds is like it could take place of like a record label or a studio um, mm -hmm. at some point. I mean, obviously in the future, but it sounds like it could be something where, you know, 100,000 people all give X amount of dollars from the treasury boat on a product that they can push out per year or an artist that they could like Patreon or something like that um, in, you know, a more sustainable way to get money back into the community of people that are actually believing in the artists itself. And those are not hypotheticals. There are like our record labels right now using the system. There are two studios I can think of right now that are using this system. Um, those are very real live use cases right now. Uh, the park is like this very cool collective in LA run by this dude, Tim Anderson, who um, rents a lot of studio time for people like through the Stowers system. Um, and then Portion Club is the other one that is like music specific that I'm aware of. Yeah. But um, as like a tool to create governance on chain, this is shockingly stable. Um, I was really involved in a DAO called FWB. Um, it made an effort to work with some of the more interesting parts of the creative community that are playing with these tools. And they just didn't have a very robust governance infrastructure. And so they are now like sort of winding down. They're on their last days of treasury. And it's just like the vibe is really gnarly uh, in their message board. Um, obviously, like a lot of finger pointing, all that good stuff. The cool thing about the Nanish DAO is you're like constantly taking in funds through this front end auction. Um, and so people who want to support you have an opportunity to do so. People who want to have an impact on governance have an opportunity to do so. Um, it's, it's pretty rad. There's a version called Little Nouns because not everybody has like 30 ETH to spend on a noun. Um, and Little Nouns is also pretty, is it Little Dot Nouns? Yeah, cool, Little Nouns style. And so like not, Little Nouns is the exact same thing except the nouns are way cheaper. Um, and it's one Little Noun every 15 minutes instead of every day. And so like I picked up a couple Little Nouns very affordably same governance structures now and it's just happening on a smaller scale. Yeah, it was something that I remember taking a look at nouns and, and thinking that it's great, but it is a significant barrier. You know, if you were to, to consider nouns to be like an art collective or something that gives art grants, it would be really or virtually impossible for an artist to acquire an uneven maker proposal. Um, but I I remember talking to someone on your team, that an interesting idea. Um, is to allocate a certain of those tokens to the group that can then be given out as like grants or, you know, so you can make like a type form application and mm -hmm. the people in the group could vote on giving them a certain amount away every year. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, yeah, I think like that pr presents a barrier. Like obviously you want to keep raising money in, into the treasury, but also allowing for artists to be able to enter that community. Yes. And the real like mechanic that governs that distinction, right, is like, can you get a token without showing up at this public facing auction? And so one of the sick parts of Nouns Builder is that you could like airdrop a governance token to your entire community that has sweat equity in the thing you're building that is showing up for it. And then everyone who's actually put in work has a voice in governance. And then it, when you need to, you could potentially open up that auction for other people to participate in. 
But like, there's no rule that says you have to be selling governance constantly. Um, and another even more interesting model, I think, is dedicating a percentage of token supply towards different initiatives. Um, so you could see two Nanish DAOs swapping tokens back and forth to participate in each other's governance ecosystem. Um, you could see capital wanting to have entry point at a noun in that capacity or coming in through the front option. So it's like there's a lot of potential. Really, the like golden dream of nouns is to disrupt VC fundraising as the necessary backbone for creative projects. And um, it's not there yet, but that is hypothetically possible with the way it's built. So, I mean, well, you know, when you talk about nouns and sort of like the internal conflict that's going on there and like some of the stuff that's going on with FWB, um, I guess from someone who sits in your position, like, like, are you optimistic or like, what is the path forward? I believe that like the technology needs like a fresh perspective. I, I think like exposure to like traditional artists or people who are like native to this technology, maybe one thing, but, but like, do you see, I mean, those are some of like bigger groups, right. That are, are struggling right now. Do you see a, an outcome where this technology? I've, I've never been more optimistic about this tech. Um, like I think the Nadir was like Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton, like talking about the pictures of monkeys on late night television, like that signal to noise ratio that that kind of stuff generated was made it really hard to like come to a group of actual artists and tell them about this technology. Um, so I think actually right now, (laughs) I just, I'm saying like, um, that kind of cacophony that the metric story generated brought a lot of bullshit with it. And so right now we have this reprieve from that where creative people can build platforms that will hopefully survive the next wave of outside attention that comes. And I think, um, you know, if you wanted to point at macro factors that make that likely, like I have my own thoughts about that. Um, you know, there's like, wait, there's stuff happening around the app store that will probably like break it open in the next few years for like Apple to not be able to take 30% on everything that happens in that environment. That will enable uh, essentially Web3 apps to exist in that environment because currently all transaction fees are taxed the same way that just standard revenue moving through an app is taxed. So, I mean, like my general outlook is like, Better technology beats worse technology. Um, and this, a decentralized distributed network is more interesting to me than an AWS cloud server. And so I think like the more interesting outcome will happen. Like the timeline that happens on, I think you have to be like bonkers um, to pretend you know. But I right now in this like weird kind of stasis that we're in, it's a really exciting time for creative communities to get familiar with these tools if they're of interest. Any other questions from us? All right. Thanks, Yuri. Thank you all so much. Get through the cheek.